Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I would like you to grab your Bible tonight if you wouldn't go to Isaiah chapter 33. And Cody, if you'll just stay with me just, just for a moment longer. I don't know how long I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to need to modify uh, this message in any way. But we're going to see what the Holy Spirit's going to have us do. How's that? Thank you, Lord. How many of you, when we pray for Florida, well, first of all, how many of you understand the battle that we're engaged in that's going on right now against the state? Can I see your hand? Yeah, yeah, good. That looks like about 95%. Uh, How many of you feel a mighty anointing when we corporately pray over our state? And for our governor and our leadership in the administration. That's right. Good. That's what we're called to do. Okay? That's what we're called to do. Don't think it's anything unusual. It's what the ecclesia, the word ecclesia just simply is the Greek word for church. When Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. He was using that term to say, I'm going to release my kingdom who has legislative authority and power in the earth to bring my kingdom. That's what he was saying. And the gates of hell will not prevail against him. It's important that we learn and continue to learn how to pray and develop prayer over our nation, over our city, and over our region, over our churches in this manner. Can you say amen? Come on, can you say amen? Amen. That's right. So praise the Lord. I want to do something before we we take to the scriptures. I told you Isaiah 33, right? About two more minutes, Cody. We'll give you a break. Appreciate you. Why don't we stand with your Bibles in your hands right now? Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 33, chapter 22. And I'm going to preach my way there in just a moment. But we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the power of your word. Father, thank you for your presence tonight in this house. Thank you for the witness of the Spirit, Lord. Father, we thank you that as we are in this gathering tonight and as we have come together, Lord, we pray and speak over the United States of America. Lord, we thank you for this incredible nation that you have raised up, Lord, to be a voice in the earth and to trumpet and herald the gospel of the kingdom to all the nations, Lord. It's such an amazing honor, Lord, such an amazing destiny, and we don't want to take it for granted, Lord. And Lord, we covenant tonight with you and we pledge to honor our covenant with you. And we declare even now the greatest release of the gospel from this nation in all of history is about to occur. You will shake America, God. And you will save our prophetic destiny. We say no more lockdowns. We say freedom. 
Lord, we decree tonight that there will be no force, no movement, no government, no political party, no system that will be able to stop your move. That was the prophetic word that Shane released into this house tonight. Lord, we decree tonight your purposes will be accomplished. And now we call forth the greatest revival ever to come upon this land. We pray and we decree it will enter into every part of society. Every part of our state and region. Every part of America. Every part of Sarasota. Every church in Sarasota. We pray, Father, that you will invade government and you will rid us from evil that has come to defile this land. We say purge it, Lord. Purge it. Expose the wickedness. And save those who will respond to you, Father. We bind every evil force that will try to stop this in Jesus' name. We decree your voice, Father, will not be silenced in America. And we also decree that the voice of your church will not be silent in America. And all of you in agreement, shout amen. amen. That sounded good. You may be seated. We're in Isaiah 33, 22. We are without a doubt... <clears throat> Amazingly, in an hour of crisis, thank you, Cody, you can go. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> Amazingly, staying out of politics right now is a recent trend in the church. Are you with me? Are you going to, are you going to be with me tonight? <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, we're, we're in an epic time of crisis, yet so many churches are just trending to stay out of politics i'll never understand it especially the mega church especially the mega church because they they are so fearful of losing people so fearful of losing influence so fearful of losing dollars so fearful of losing butts in the seats are you hearing what i'm saying are you hearing what i'm saying We have a lot of the church right now that are very good at playing it safe. We have a lot of ministries in this hour. We have a lot of pulpits that have actually mastered the art of playing it safe. That's right. They work very hard at not being controversial. They stay clear of... Any level of scripture that might remotely be a potential of cutting deep or actually dealing with sin or actually dealing with any level of cultural clash. But you have to be ready in this hour, folks, if you're going to proclaim the truth for the backlash that is coming. If the pulpits are silent, if, if the pulpits are silent, on sin, on corruption, on fraud, on lies, on deception. If ministers are just to be nice and sweet little eunuchs, neutered by religion, 
all sweet and nice so we can make everything comfortable for all the saints and all the people, then where in the world is the church really heading? It's a scary thought. I mean, really. That they won't speak a word of controversial truth in this hour. If this is where we're heading, where will we be? I'm asking the question. Where will we be in 2025, 30 years from now, should Jesus tarry? It's very scary, actually, and sobering thought. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe we need to find a DeLorean that's got a flux capacitor in it. Fire that baby up to 88 miles per hour and thrust ourselves into the future. Bust out of the door and check out the church. I mean, God forbid we end up in the future and we find, I mean, God forbid we, we end up in the future and we find out that we, the church has actually been transformed into just great big large coffee shops. And little small sanctuaries that, that seat 10 people that can go in properly social distance from one another. I mean, that's a scary thought. We pop out of our DeLorean. I mean, I mean heaven forbid. It's like we're going to move from skinny jeans back to the 80 spandex pants. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to find. <laughs> Now, you listen to some preachers. You listen to some famous preachers in this hour. You listen to some of the up-and-coming, uh, very smart and intelligent-looking pastors. And when you listen really good, you would actually be led to think or um, led to believe <laughs> that the church was never led by God into politics. Unfortunately, when you listen to these preachers, they don't know our history. They do not understand that for the last more than 200 years, through our founders, God has always used the catalyst of burning messengers, ministers of the gospel that actually framed and structured the masterpiece and the constitution of the United States, which has given us greater freedom than any nation on the face of the planet. Come on, church. Don't leave me up here alone tonight. Don't leave me up here alone. These ministers of our heritage, of our story, of our lineage, they preached with fire. They preached with conviction. They preached with morality. You know, when John Wesley was commissioning the circuit riders into the United States of America to preach the gospel, these men pledged all of their life to preach the gospel. They didn't come here to work, you know, 25, 30 years and retired. These circuit riders that were going throughout the 13 colonies, the things that they had to brave, the terrain that they had to brave in and of itself. I mean, they didn't have a nice Uber. They didn't have great hotels. They weren't paid amazing honorariums. Folks, they were on horseback going through uncharted territory, 
breaking through into new territory and new settlements in our colonies to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were revivalists. They were burning in conviction. They were revivalists. They carried a burning compassion. They didn't water down the truth. When you study the circuit riders who were part of the building of our, of our sacred fabric as a country, of Christianity and its heritage and its lineage, its, its lineage in the United States. It's lineage. <laughs> it's fascinating. But these men and women gave their lives to build this country. We can't forget it. Come on, we can't forget it. Not only has God always used the church in government, we are not called to retreat and to move into fear. Thank you, Cody, for your declarations during worship. Thank you for your declarations. Because of chaos and the level of the culture of hostility that we are seeing in this hour, there's such an aggressive culture, an aggression of hostility, anarchy right now rising up against the church, rising up really against the word of the Lord. But it's one of our chief roles and callings that God uses the church in this hour to actually shape culture. Are you with me? What does that mean if we're going to shape culture? It actually means that what we're believing for is the breaking of the famine of the Word of God being preached with anointing and power. Listen, this might rub you the wrong way, and I'm not here to try to rub you the wrong way, but I'm going to tell you, we have been so inebriated on good worship services, and there is such a lack of the Word of God. You got worship services all over. They'll worship for three hours, but the word is as shallow as can be. We are in a famine of the word of the Lord. We are in a famine of the word of God being preached with power and anointing and actually backed up with a demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit. People will travel for hours to go to a good worship service and stand there for two and three hours, and I celebrate it. But I'm telling you, if we are missing the Word of God being thundered and preached in this hour, it's not going to change hearts. You can get drunk on worship services, but if you don't yield yourself to the Word of the Lord, if you don't learn how to fear God, honor God, worship God in spirit and in truth, you're in trouble. I'm trying. Hey, I'm trying. I'm coming at you. I'm telling you what, folks. We've got to return to the word of the Lord. Our founders, our revivalists, were uncompromising in the word that they preached. They preached morality. They preach purity. Purity is not old-fashioned, ladies and gentlemen. They preach turning from sin. If there was ever an hour, we've got to hear a, a, a real raw and radical scripture message today. It's this hour. And I, I'm baffled. I am baffled, humbled, broken over so many gifts in the body of Christ that have stood in pulpits and yet their life was an utter tragedy. 
When I read the news of this week of Ravi Zacharias, how many, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Good. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Many months ago, died, celebrated like he had an immaculate life, like he had an immaculate testimony, you know, an immaculate ministry, all the while was molesting and raping women throughout the earth. It's, it's shocking. It is utterly shocking. My wife and I have had the conversations in our house. It brings us to tears. Folks, we've got to hear the word of the Lord in this hour. You've got to hear the word of the Lord of repentance in this hour. Listen, if you're in this place and you're dealing with any level of sexual sin in your life, you've got to repent of it. You've got to repent of it. Whether that be pornography, whether that be fornication, whether that be lust or fantasy about somebody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Folks, I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus can set you free from perversion. The blood of Jesus can transform your life. The power in the blood of Jesus can transform you out of same-sex attractions. We have got to get free in this hour. And you don't get free by bebopping in a, in a good church service or, or wherever. You get free by coming to Jesus. Jesus. My, my. The Word of God is what will protect you. The Word of God is what will provide for you. The Word of God will bless you. The Word of God will equip you to become powerful over all the works of the devil. The Word of God says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, it says that no weapon formed against you will actually be able to prevail. That God will refute all tongues that actually rise up and accuse you. This is the heritage of all the sons and daughters of God. The word of God will hedge you in. The word of the Lord will protect you. The word of the Lord will stand you up and embolden you to become, as Cody said tonight, courageous, bold. Courageous and bold to face any level of sin issue in our own lives. We often think about God dealing with our brother, dealing with him. What about our own lives? We have to be like David to say, God, investigate my life and make it clean. God, root through my life. Let your fire burn through my life. Lord, any area, any area of my life I give you access to. I'm tired of reading. I'm telling you what. I'm tired of reading about people that had platforms, spoke to the masses, and their lives was trash. It's horrible. And then we have ministries, teams of people in ministries that are covering it up for decades. I'll tell you what, we've got to repent of it. We've got to repent of it. Ravi Zacharias would preach to crowds of 100,000 youth in the stadiums of America. A great mind, a great intellectual, incredible communicator. Could break open the world. I remember when I first started listening to Ravi Zacharias in the late 90s on the radio. 
we were living just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio at the time. And I caught him on the radio and I began to listen to him. Started following his ministry. I've seen his ministry grow throughout the earth. Such tremendous success. Preaching in front of crowds of hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands. Unbelievable favor. Yet now we find out the truth. I'm telling you folks, in this hour, when we talk about an outpouring of the Spirit... When we talk about a pure, true revival, when we talk about a true awakening of God, I'm telling you what, it should put the fear of God in you. It should put the fear of the Lord in you. We've lived so long in churches in the United States of America on messages of peanuts and popcorn and cotton candy for so long, and none of us should be surprised where that has actually led us. I preach strong like this. You know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just going for it. And you're not going to get an apology letter for going for it. I've said this so many times, folks. America is in desperate need of of an awakened conscience. It's like America can't even blush anymore over its sin. That's what Jeremiah said. They don't even blush anymore over their sin. And we're in the midst of a generation that will fight and fight and fight for every self-indulgence that they desire. They'll climb over and destroy anybody's reputation to demand and get the rights and the legislation that they want. We are, listen, folks, hear the Lord. We are in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation that are looking for signs. And Jesus had to turn and direct it all the time. You look for a sign. Hear the Lord tonight. Nothing can change the conscience of America except an encounter with the living God. Nothing. Where we're going, oh, I hit back to the future again. We don't need roads. Where we're going in revival. See, when we talk about the presence of God compacting down upon us, let me give you, let me give you imagery for it. When Isaiah saw the Lord coming into his throne, he said the Lord came in into his habitation and his robe kept filling his his the 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 train of his robe kept filling the temple what that means in the hebrew in isaiah it means god came in and then god kept coming in and then god kept coming in and then god kept coming in he kept getting greater and greater and greater and greater when we talk about the presence of god When we talk about the glory of the Lord getting thick in here and the Lord's train coming in and Him being magnified, folks, we're going to get to a place when people get in the thick, tangible atmosphere here at Victory, a church of His presence. They're going to know, I've got to repent of my sin. They're going to know I've got to leave my sexual immorality behind. They're going to know I can't live in fornication anymore. They're going to walk in here and go, I've got to quit my pornography. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're going to know it. 
the, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when, when 1993 and 94, when the Lord broke out in Lakeland, Florida with Rodney Howard Brown, and many of you know my story, and I, I was on staff at Carpenter's Home Church uh, in 93 and then left on the road in January of 94 to become Rodney's personal assistant. During that outpouring of the Holy Ghost, listen, there was, there, there, there was such a mixture in my own heart of joy and, utter, I mean, just utter tangible love in the presence of God. But yet there was also the same sword that was bringing His love was also cutting through me to say, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to prune your life. I'm going to purify you in this way. Are you hearing me? Because the same sword that cuts you is the same sword that will heal you. For the Word of God is sharper than a what? Two-edged sword, rightly dividing between the soul and the spirit, between the, bowl, the, the bone and the marrow. It even goes and it cuts through and it discerns the very intentions of the heart. Wow. When we talk about the presence of God, when we talk about the Lord pouring out His Spirit, we're talking about hosting the glory of God and becoming a revival house, an awakening center of the presence of the Lord. Folks, we're, we're talking about holiness. You can't have revival without holiness. It's not going to happen. And you can't dupe the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that too? Yeah, you know that. You're smart people. You can't dupe the Holy Spirit. God... Anybody taking notes tonight? Oh, good. I want you to write this down. I'm going to take a swig. Man, I came to preach tonight. I want you to understand something, who I am. My, my wife, we've been married in full-time ministry now 25 years. I am not a guy who adrenalizes over preaching the gospel. This is not about me. I'm called to be a messenger of the Lord. I watch some preachers and it's like they get so high on their own ministry. They're just up there getting their gun off. You know, so they can. It's like the three amigos. Remember that? Look what we did. When I step. Or some of you are following. Some of you are like three amigos. Where's he at? Is that a, is that a Mexican restaurant in this city? Where's that at? I heard of two senoritas, but where's three amigos? Let's go eat. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it's an 80s comedy. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> when I approach bringing a word as a messenger from the Lord, folks, I, I come before the Lord in the fear of the Lord. When I step up here and we transition and we move to the word of God, Folks, I take this very seriously. Okay, this is not just getting my gun off so I can, hey, how'd I do, babe, tonight? How was it? Oh, no, no, folks. We are trying to lay the groundwork for the throne of the Lord, for His authority to be established in this region so that God does things in a throne zone that are mind-boggling. 
And it, it requires the holiness of God. You court, you court the presence of God in worship. Man, if the Lord comes in great authority and power tonight, He could stick everybody to the ceiling. It ain't even a matter about falling out or falling down. We've seen a lot of that. And we've seen a lot of people fall down and never change. We've seen a lot of people cry a lot of tears but never changed. Actually, the scripture says that's the reason why God hated Esau. And I'm telling you what, that's a terrifying scripture. Because he wept bitterly with tears, but he refused to change. That's scary. People can come into the church, enjoy the presence of God, but never engage to the heart of God. That's a scary thing. I want you to write this down. God is calling for repentance. And repentance is what is going to bring a historic course correction in America. God is calling for repentance. And repentance is going to bring a historic course correction in America. Why? Because God is longing to avert judgment over America. So when ministers that are so lazy and pitiful tell you that God is in control and we just need to stay out of politics, they are so wrong. They could not be more wrong. They're dead wrong. Let me give you a quote from Charles Finney, a mighty revivalist. Out of the Second Great Awakening. This is what he said. How many of you know who I'm talking about when I say Charles Finney? If you don't, put him in your notes and look him up. Do some research. I'm telling you what, he was a firebrand. He was a carrier of pure fire. He's responsible for hundreds of thousands of people coming to the Lord during the Second Great Awakening. He was probably the greatest forerunning evangelist in the Second Great Awakening here in the United States. He said, no man, listen to these words, okay? You don't even have to look at me. Just, just let these words land on you right now. No man can possibly be benevolent or religious to the full extent of his obligation without concerning himself or herself to the greater or less extent with the affairs of human government. Listen to it again. No man could possibly be benevolent or religious to the full extent of his obligation without concerning himself or herself to the greater or less extent with the affairs of human government. What is he saying? I'll say it to you very plain. Break it down. He is saying that the church directly is called to the government mountain. Now, I know that God desires to use this ecclesia, this tribe, this body of believers to move in power and move in authority. I don't always talk about what's going on publicly in my world. The connections that are being made right now with Brent and I, the people that we are soon about to meet with, people People in great authority in this country. People in great authority in this state that we're about to sit with and become friends with. 
There is a reason. Why? Because we get, we get high on hanging out and, and, and bumping elbows with, with, you know, the aristocrats of, uh, you know, uh, no, no, it's not. It's because God is writing an epic story, an epic story of putting together relationships because his will is going to be accomplished. His strategy for saving America and saving our states is going to be accomplished. We have, we have a saying around victory here. A lot of people like to say that the devil is in the details. How many of you have heard that? Well, that's not our confession. Our confession is that God is in our details. Why don't you say it tonight? God is in the details. God is working and setting things in relationships and He's doing it not only for me and Brent, He's doing it for you. He's orchestrating your path. He's putting things in divine order for you. 2021 is going to be an extraordinary year. Isaiah 33, 22. Man, he finally gets to it. I thought he forgot all about it. This is just my first scripture for the night. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And he will save us. I'm going to read it again. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And he will save us. Respond with an amen right there. Come on. Amen. Now. This verse right here is where our founding fathers gained access and revelation to build the branches of our government for equal powers, right, and proper balance of authority. Look at the scripture again. The Lord is our judge. What is that? That's our judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver. What is the lawgiver? It's the legislative branch. The Lord is our king. What is that? That's the executive branch. Do you see it? This is where our founders tapped into how to level out and balance the powers of authority and structure accountability. Now, why am I bringing you here to this scripture? Because I want to caution you right now with all of the horrific drama and the turbulence that we are in right now. I do not want you to believe that all government is evil. Government is from the Lord. Y'all are getting quiet tonight. Government is from the Lord because it's supposed to model the governance of heaven. That's why Jesus said, pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal. The goal is that God would desire to have righteous leaders that are raised up who will actually punish evil. God desires to raise up true, authentic leaders, legitimate authority, not illegitimate. What is an illegitimate authority? According to the word of God of Romans 13, a leader that raises up and tries to spawn evil is an illegitimate leader. 
the one that God raises up is actually the one who becomes an avenger on the works of evil. He's a terror to the works of evil. That, those are strong words. He's actually a terror to evil. He's like, Paul writes, he's like, you don't have to be afraid about doing good. But I'll tell you what, if you do evil, you better watch out. You better be in total paranoia. You know why? Because God's going to send his avengers upon you to set you straight. Oh, how many of you think we need this in this hour? Paul defines truly what legitimate authority is. Now, 1873, Charles Finney, he went on to say, this is a hard one. And I, I've said this quote. I've used this quote before in a message about a year ago. But this is a hard one for me. This, this, this cuts me. And maybe you're feeling cuts in this room already. But I'm telling you, this one pierces me. It pierced me in preparation again. This is his words. This, these aren't Brian's words. 1873, Charles Finney. You ready? Okay, you're ready. If there is a decay in conscience. Now remember, I told you, America is in desperate need of an awakened conscience. Here's what Charles Finney said. If there's a decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discernment, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in Christianity, the pulpit is responsible for it. Let this one land on you. You ready? If Satan rules in the halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. This was an American man in 1873, a revivalist, a firebrand of God. Those words pierce me. He's not done. If politics becomes so corrupt... That the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away. The pulpit is responsible for it. That's sobering. I'm not going to change how I preach. When we have more favor and the church is growing and growing and we accessibility, I'm not going to change how I preach. You're not going to see me water it down. You're not going to see me back up. Bren, have I backed up in 25 years? It's not going to change. I've told people, you shouldn't, you shouldn't preach about this. Or they've told me, you shouldn't preach about this. You shouldn't say this. You shouldn't say this. And all the while, this tells me I'm supposed to say it. You need to be reminded tonight. I got good news for you tonight. You need to be reminded tonight. We are not, we are not some angry mob uh, that is trying, you know, we're just so hell-bent on creating a theocracy in America. That's not who we are. We're not some rebel, angry mob, folks. We are the people who are actually called to speak out against evil. 
We are the people that's supposed to act against evil in this hour. We are supposed to oppose evil. You understand that? You understand that the pulpit is actually to be a voice to oppose evil. We're supposed to defend the weak. We're supposed to defend the innocent. We're supposed to defend the unborn and the born. We're not supposed to tolerate evil, folks. And I'll tell you what, this is, this is not our new normal. What we've seen in the last three weeks, 52 executive orders, what is being spawned against our country, against our church, against Israel, everything that's happening, this is not our new normal. We are heading into a return to the Lord, not an abandonment. I refuse it. I refuse this. I refuse this filth coming out. I oppose it. I oppose those that just want to mutilate the genitals of kids and call it normal. It's not normal. It's demonic. I oppose those that want to destroy the nuclear family, the biblical family of a father and a mother and a sacred covenant in marriage before God. That's where God blesses sex and intimacy. He ain't going to bless homosexual sex. He ain't, he ain't going to bless lesbian sex. He doesn't bless fornication sex. And I know it's strong. Can you stay with me? Some have already left. That's all right. That's all right. Let them leave. I'm good with it. I am opposed to those who are so brazenly set, hell-bent on murdering children. I'm opposed to it. And I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm going to keep saying it. And I'm going to keep declaring it. Not just in this room. You don't know who all I talk to. I'm going to keep saying it. Why? Because the authority of the Word of God backs me up. I'm opposed. I'm opposed to those who want to teach in our universities and teach our kids to hate America and teach them to love fascism and socialism and Marxism. I'm opposed to that. It's like we, we are creating monsters inside of our schools right now. Those that come out of our universities just hating this country and everything that built the glory of America. Everything that we've held sacred, they become haters of it. You understand why it demands that you and I become a voice for God in this hour? It demands we become a voice. Listen, if we think that we're just doing God a good favor by attending a good church... And giving a little money here and there, serving here and there, we're missing it. And I've said it before, folks. We can have a lot of good services. We can have revival services. And all the while, Satan is discipling America. And that's got to end. That's got to come to an end. And may it come to an end on our watch. Hallelujah. Psalm 119. Verse 53. Psalm 119, verse 53. Indignation has taken a hold upon me because the wicked 
that forsake your law. Indignation has taken a hold upon me because the wicked that forsake your law. Folks, you got to let that grip you. Indignation is righteous anger. The Bible doesn't say don't be angry. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. Where, where is really, where is the church in this hour? Where is the church? Do you, do you know so many churches are retreating and giving in in this hour? Caving to fear. I wonder where our outrage is. I like to just take the temperature of people and really find out where they are. Where, where's the outrage in the church over what is going on? We have just seen the greatest, and, and people are going to see this. They're going to watch it. People get all over my media stuff and write me all kinds of things you would not even believe. But everyone who has their brain screwed in right understands the COVID-19 was the vehicle, was the vehicle to lock us down, terrorize us, put us in fear so that it would demand mail-in ballots, follow the mail-in ballots that would go into a scandalous, corrupt system of dominion that would decide who would go into the White House to have authority in the United States. That was the vehicle. That was the plan. That was the strategy. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. There's mountains and oceans of evidence that they have tried to suppress. But you can't dupe God. Men in the earth can try to suppress this all they want. You can't fool God. And you won't fool actually His true ecclesia. There, there is a phony church in the world. How many of you know this? There is a phony church. Did you know this? Hello? Did you know, there, did you know there's a phony church? Did you know there's a phony church that's ready to bow down and kiss the ring? Oh, you, 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 want, us, you want us to allow the LGBTQ to come right into our church and you're going to demand that they serve and they be on staff and they be ushers and they be greeters and they take care of the treasury and they... Are you serious? Are you serious? But there's a phony church that's ready to kiss the ring and do whatever they've got to do so that they can make every concession and concede and yield to all that filth. And I'll tell you what. The judgment of God will come upon them for it. I know my words are being recorded. I'll say this in front of multitudes outside of a building. It has to be said. The word of repentance has to come to America. If we're ever, listen, if we're ever going to have a course correction, it's not going to come by having the greatest economy on the face of the earth. That's not going to bring a course correction. Look what all of our indulgences do. Money just reveals what's going on on the inside of you. It magnifies what's already going on inside of you. 
All right, I'm wondering how this is landing on you tonight. You know what I struggle with? My wife and I, my wife has asked me the question, Brian, why? And I wrote it down. She said, why? She said it to me so many, so many times. Brian, why couldn't we get the job done as the church in this hour? Why? Why in the world couldn't we get the job done, even within the structure of our own constitution that our founding fathers have given us? And we couldn't get the job done in this hour. Believers need to be encouraged by Christian leaders in this hour to speak their faith and to be bold and to be courageous in their faith. You have to speak out against evil, my friends. You have to. They're coming and they're coming fast. Listen, I've gotten phone calls this week. And I've talked to people about where this administration, it is militant. And they're coming quick. They're not letting the grass grow underneath their feet. We've already seen the stacks of executive orders. Folks, they're coming. And you've got to be ready to stand your ground and stand up and speak against what is corruption, what is perversion that we will not yield to, that we will not tolerate. I ask you tonight, what have we become? What have we become? October 1798. October in America, 1798. Our founding father, one of them, John Adams, you know what he said? You know these words. You do. John Adams said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. You know these words. Yeah, you do. Our Constitution was only made for a moral and religious people. Here's, this, here's the rest of it. It is wholly inadequate to, to the government. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other kind. What does that speak of America in 2021? If we can't govern with the Constitution... It means that we are in the midst of immoral people and irreligious people. Thomas Jefferson, let me read his words to you. Thomas Jefferson, another founder. He was our third president. He was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He warned us. Here's a warning. Here's a warning. God who gave us life and liberty. And can these liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed its only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God, that they are not to be violated, but in his wrath. And indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. My friends, this is why we are giving every effort that we have within us to turn America back to God. This is why we are contending for a third great awakening in this nation and throughout the earth. And we're coming into it. Make no mistake about it. We're coming into it. 
And I'm about, I'm about done. You know, pastors and ministers that boldly get up and they declare, and there's many of them. There's many of them. But when they get up and they lay it all out before the people, they understand they're going to lose some people in the audience. Let's just be real. Right? It wasn't too long ago. I remember I was bringing a message. and We had a guy, you know, our security guys grabbed this guy, but he was in the back giving me a double bird. It was great. I must have been preaching phenomenal. Isn't that great? I mean, how many preachers get a double bird? So I, I, must have been, I must have been white hot that night, Mark. <laughs> I wish we could jump in the DeLorean and go back to that service and say, everybody look back now. Doug's back there on security. He remembers that night. <laughs> He's giving me the thumbs up. The guy was in the back giving me the double bird and with, with passion and just, just anger in his face in the middle aisle. And I'm preaching. I'm like, yeah, baby. Yeah, okay. We're making some progress tonight. We're doing it tonight. I want to pastor people who have burning love in them for God, but they also have white-hot convictions streaming through their blood. And they won't compromise. That's who I desire to raise up and lead and pastor and see people run with fire. They won't compromise. And every one of you, you understand the work of the enemy. The enemy is tempting you at all times to try to compromise. There isn't anyone in this room that's exempt from it, including myself. The enemy is always, always, always after your integrity, after your character, after your ethics, all the time. That's why you've got to get girded up and fully suited in the full armor of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. I heard that. I want to encourage somebody in this room tonight. Now, I've come at you really hard, but I, when I come at you hard, I'm speaking this to empower you. This is an empowering message. You are not a bigot just because you speak truth. Write it down. Get a tattoo across your belly. Do something. You are not a bigot just because you speak truth. Somebody in here needs to hear this. I'm telling you, you got to hear it tonight. I've been called a bigot, and that's all right. I've been called far worse. It is not just the job of those in the pulpits to speak moral clarity. It's the job of every follower of Jesus. It's for us to live a lifestyle, an example of our king, to honor our king with our life. It's the responsibility of every child of God to speak with love and wisdom and authority and declare the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with these words out of the book of Matthew. I'd like you to go there. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, 
This is concerning John the Baptist. And remember, Jesus said, if you can receive it, John the Baptist was actually Elijah that was to come. He was the greatest voice. He was the greatest Old Testament prophet before Jesus or, or Old Covenant pro prophet. Now, if you've never heard that before, let me explain to you what I mean. The New Covenant did not start until Jesus arrived. Jesus was the one who cut the new covenant through his blood and through his cross, through his burial, through his ascension. Then a new covenant was cut in the earth by the blood of Jesus. So that means John the Baptist was the final prophet of the old order. Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest of all prophets. And amazingly, he only had one prophetic word. Verse 3, you ready? For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice, the voice, the voice, the voice, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Jump down to verse 10. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. And therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruits is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, he's mightier than I. Whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. And he'll gather the wheat into his barn. And he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There is another prepare the way of the Lord movement that is in the earth. And it is this prophetic generation right now who God is calling to become a voice that is crying out in the wilderness. A voice that is crying out in the midst of a wicked, perverted, jaded, insane generation. There is an anointing from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To set captives free, bind up broken hearts, liberate captives. All of those things, that anointing is upon us. But there is a, there is a prophetic assignment on this generation that is on the earth right now. And you know what it is? It is to become a voice that is crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare. Prepare. You know the Moravians? Who are the Moravians? The Moravians who were the ones in 1724 began to pray in a prayer meeting in Hernhut, Germany. And the leader of it was Count Zinzendorf. And he led and raised up a prayer movement. And they began to pray in two-hour slots every day. And that, that prayer meeting went one week, two weeks, 
one month, three months, eight months, one year, ten years, 50 years, 75 years, 100 years until the breaking open of the Azusa Street Revival. Now, let me tell you something. Why did I go there? They raised up two types of missionaries. Count Zinzendorf told them, we have to send forth two types of missionaries to impact the earth. One, that will go forth saving the lost. The other, to go forth to save the dead church. Now, that's sobering. In this hour... We need voices that will light the fire in the church and awaken them out of their comfort sleep. And we need voices that will be propelled into society that will stand up, that will emerge in the Spirit of God. They'll rise up in the Spirit of God. They'll rise up in an anointing, not an adrenaline. You raise up in your flesh. You raise up in adrenaline. God will bring you down. You raise up in His anointing. You raise up in the power of the Spirit. And knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and you start running at giants, you'll see what God will do. There's another prepare the way movement hitting the earth right now because the King and His kingdom is coming again. He's coming. His, his appearing is very soon. God forbid that he would delay decades. Look at, look at the church. Oh, my Lord. God forbid that he would delay. If we don't have outpouring, if we don't have revival, and we will, but if we don't see that in our time, what will the church be? Where will we be? What will we look like? I say... On our watch, on our time, on our watch, on our time, we must become a voice for God. We have to become the ones who will prepare, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the highway of holiness. Get a city ready. Get a region ready for the coming of the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah to the Lord. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Cody, if you come. If you just take your Bibles, put them aside and. I want to pray for us tonight. I want to pray for you online tonight, those of you that are still with us tonight. Thank you, Lord. I want to be on fire for Jesus. You know, I'm a leader. I'm a shepherd. I'm a voice. People look to me, not only here, but I want to tell you something. I want to be on fire for Jesus. I want to be continually burning. 
I don't want to be going through any level of going through the motions of ministry. I want to be white hot on fire, and I want to pastor people who will become white hot on fire for the Lord. It's no time to back up. Now's the time to press in. Press in, guys. Press into the heart of God. Press into what God's going to do this year in this ministry and in our region. Who knows the miracles that are getting ready to just manifest upon us? Who knows what levels of and realms of glory that we're going to experience together in God? how scared these minions in Washington, D.C., you know how scared they are of Donald Trump? Can I just mention this at the very end? Is this okay? Can, can, can I take... Got a motion. Can I second that motion on this side? Do you know how scared these minions are of Donald Trump right now? We're seeing something playing out in the natural realm. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15. If you can understand the natural, you can understand what's going on in the unseen realm. Let me tell you what. The devil and his minions, they are so terrified, so terrified of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that is going to rock this planet. And it is going to unleash such <laughs> cataclysmic judgment righteous judgment to the powers of darkness justice is coming justice is coming and that's why we can't relent as the ecclesia of praying it saying it decreeing it declaring it staying in faith decreeing it it's going to come it's going to come forth. God's will is going to be done in America. And God's going to pour out His Spirit upon this land. And He's going to forgive our sins and heal our land. He's the God that excels at forgiving sin. He excels at forgiving sins. Can I see your hands tonight? Has the Lord ever, ever forgiven you of wild, radical sin? Can I see your hand? Great. Me too. Hallelujah. You're in a great place. Let me tell you what else He does. He heals nations. It's who our God is. We sang a song tonight. Is there anything impossible for our God? Is there anything impossible for our God? If you're in this room tonight, you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, yield to it. If you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, yield to it. I'm not going to embarrass anyone in this room. Any level of sin, any area in your life that's got gray area, I, I just, 
I'm telling you, you are being summoned by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is saying, son or daughter, give me this part of your life. Let me cleanse it with my fire. Let me, clean, let me set you free from shame and the agony of condemnation and hopelessness. Let me cleanse you of that. God excels in doing that. Let Him put the burning torch of His love into your heart to take away the burden of sin and the condemnation that goes with it. All of us have been there. All of us knows what it is to have the burning love of God. Come and deliver us. Years ago, a dear friend of mine, he's in heaven right now, and maybe he's in the cloud of witnesses cheering me on, preaching. Brennan and I went to Italy with him and preached the gospel. It was one of the most glorious times. It was one of the most powerful times in the glory we've ever, ever encountered. Don said these words. He said, the grace of the Lord will cover you until his blood delivers you. Now, we never take God's grace for granted. Say it. We never take God's grace for granted. But God's goodness is so amazing that he covers us in his grace until we are so yielded in our heart and we're not afraid to expose any place in our life to the Lord so that His blood can come in and deliver us from that thing that was tormenting us and bullying us. You see? The grace of God is beautiful. Never abuse it. Never take it for granted. But know the power of the blood of Jesus. If the Holy Spirit's been moving on you in any level of conviction, surrender to it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Remember when you were being raised, your mom said, eat your vegetables. Why? Right? What was eat, eat those. They're good for you, right? When you feel the Holy Spirit moving on you and you feel that cut, it's good for you. Let the Lord cut you and let the Lord heal you. Let the grace of the Lord cover you, but then let the blood of Jesus deliver you. Amen? Amen. Why don't you put your hands out, because I want to pray. And I want to pray for you and pray for me and all of you online tonight. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus for every brother, every sister here. Those that are watching, those that what this meet this this meeting and this recording will actually go to, and, and you'll be listening to it months from now, or days or weeks from now. I pray for you. I pray that you become the burning torch and the voice of God to this generation. I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would so saturate you and the word of God. The encounters of the Word of God as you eat the Word and you, you meditate on the Word and stay in the Word will so come alive in your spirit that you'll begin to say it. You'll, you'll read it and you'll say it. And you'll read it and you'll say it. And then you'll see the Lord bringing you into situational things. And you'll see the Word of the Lord brewing up inside of you. 
and you will be the voice of the Lord. You'll have the good word of the gospel in your mouth. You'll have the word of peace. You'll have the wisdom of correction. You'll have the sword to discern what is actually evil and what is good. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. And I thank you for your gifts. And I thank you, Lord, that you are increasing the gift of discernment, the discernment of spirits upon the church even now. You are increasing the spirit of revelation upon our church even now. Those of you that are listening, those of you that are watching. You are increasing the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge upon us. The spirit of counsel upon us. The spirit of the fear of the Lord upon us. So Lord, tonight unto you, we consecrate our lives. There would be nothing in our lives that would be unpleasing unto you, but that we could walk a consecrated life of holiness yielded to you, O oh God, so that nothing would disqualify us from being your voice, O oh God. Oh, God, Lord, I pray for those that are yielding to the Holy Spirit. I just pray, Lord, that your grace cover them and now your blood deliver them and free them in Jesus' name. And that the fire of your love comes and purges that place of sin. When we repent, when we confess, Lord, your goodness invades, your grace invades, and you wash us whiter than snow. You wash us clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your word. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king, and he will save us. Say it with me the Lord is our judge. He will save us. Take the hand of the person next to you just one more time if you can. Cody, I love what you're playing right there. Just keep playing that. I love what you're playing. I feel that. It's like you're just hitting chords inside of me. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray again for Florida, and I want you to come into agreement. Will you do that? You got two more minutes left in you? You do. <laughs> Lord, we stand again against every scheme of hell coming against our state and really against our nation to try to destroy freedom and liberty. Lord, we know there is an outpouring of your spirit that's going to be unprecedented in the forerunner state. We know the enemy can see it, but we see it. We bind up his works. We bind up his plans and his schemes, Lord. We burn them up by the authority of your name, the authority of your word, the power of your blood against the enemy. And we decree, Lord, 
that Florida is ripe for harvest. Florida is ripe for harvest. Florida is ripe for awakening. Florida is ripe for revival. Florida will explode. Explode in favor. Oh Lord, I can see I can see Ron DeSantis and his wife Casey when he first became our governor walking through Israel making all of his commitments and covenants with that land and with Benjamin Netanyahu. I remember watching him and following all of the news on it, Lord, and taking notes on it in my journal. I lift that time before you, God. I lift that bond that he made and that even President Trump made over Israel. And Lord, you're going to bless this great state because of the commander and leader in our governor. Surround him like a wall of fire. Gird him and Casey up and their kids in this administration. And may their backbone increase. May their fiber, may their fight in them against anything that would try to corrupt our liberty. Lord, let them rise up in your anointing and the power of our constitution to shut it down. We bless them, Lord. And Lord, from Sarasota over to Cocoa Beach, down through Vero, down through West Palm, down through Miami, shooting through Naples, Fort Myers, Sarasota, Bradenton, Tampa, Panhandle, Ocala, Tallahassee, Pensacola, Jacksonville. Oh God. Oh God. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. And we declare a firewall around the state. And we declare a firewall around Donald John Trump and his family in Mar-a-Lago. And we bless him. And Lord, we declare that the prophecies over his life are alive. They are alive. And the word of the Lord is hovering over his life. And you're working in him, Lord. I thank you for the madness that has ended tonight. His second acquittal. And they will say, impeach, impeach, but nay. (laughs) Oh, Lord, thank you for Prophet Kim Clement's word. The word stands. I thank you, Lord, that you're working in his life and you're preparing for what's ahead. Your word is alive over him. And we're standing with you, Lord. We're standing with you. We're standing with your word. And we bless him. Lord, we pray concerning who is in Washington, D.C., that your righteous judgments will deal with them. And that corruption will not be able to prevail. And the lies and the strong delusion that the enemy has spawned on this nation will be cut down. 
and it'll come off. And Lord, you will surprise this land with your interventions. We decree it. We say it shall be so. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? He's good. It's been a great night. It's really been a great night here at Victory. Yeah. I want to encourage you as Shane and Janique are going back to the bookstore now. You can sign up to help at our outreach. We're going to need your help. We're going to need people volunteering as we're giving groceries away, as we're blessing people, as we're praying over families, praying over children. It's going to be powerful. Meet us next Saturday here on the campus. Be part of it. We love you guys. Have a miracle week. Really, have a miracle, miracle week. We bless you. Be encouraged. Are you encouraged? I know I came strong tonight, but I want you to be encouraged. Okay? Love you guys. Good night. Good night, everybody online. Good night, everybody. We love you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.